to the point where I was even doubting myself. I was like, maybe I am a dirtbag. Like it was that she was that committed to her cause had me second guessing. Am, am I being an asshole here by not giving her my doctor's name? That's how committed she was to what she was doing to the point where she actually had me doubting myself. The return to work slips were no longer satisfactory. She wanted that not to, I'm sorry, she didn't want it to originate from an email from my husband. She wanted it directly from the doctor's office. She wanted to correspond with the actual doctor's office on where my husband was, when his appointments were, and if he was actually there. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigalov was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigalov was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigalov. All right, I want to first start off by thanking my Patreon supporters. I have a $20.20 a month anonymous donor. We have the Plandemic Reprimando tier at $17.76 with Ty, Charles, Tinfoil, Stanley, Dr. Anna, Frank, Brian, Shell, and Megan. We have a self-made $10 level with Kevin and Pat and Bev. We have the Refine Not Burn tier at $5 a month with Linda, Emmy, Joe, PJ, Rebecca, Marcus, Elizabeth, Don, Jennifer, and Ken. We have Addison Mulder giving $3 a month. We have Frank giving $1.50 a month. And the Courage is Contagious tier at $1 a month with Amanda, Jay, Spessnasty, Darrell, Susan, B.B. King, and Rick. I want to thank all of y'all very much for helping support me in this fight against the DOD and against the government. If you can't support me there, please give prayers or consider Give, Send, Go. But I want to introduce my next guest. So, Sergeant First Class Walter Flores is a man who's been going through some difficult medical issues. Now, I want to I don't want to steal any thunder from you. So, I want to give you and your wife the opportunity to first introduce yourself and just take us down this road of what your journey has been for the last few months or year. Yeah, no, absolutely. First of all, me and my wife want to say thank you before we start on anything. Thank you for allowing us an opportunity to continue to spread the word of what's happened. So, from the bottom of the both of our tired hearts, we just want to say thank you for this uh but to continue, the summary uh, I can start off with, and we can just start nitpicking the details, is I was an E7, I am an active duty E7, and I was being told through email, text messages, and DA form 4856s, which are counseling statements, by my first line supervisor in E8, Master Sergeant Yuman. She was actively preventing me from seeking and going and scheduling any and all medical services simply because I would not give her unredacted information regarding help and the services I am getting. And to make it clear, this information she wanted was your HIPAA information, your private health information that she wanted you to divulge to her. And I keep saying her to really emphasize the importance of this because do you mind sharing your diagnosis? Because sharing this diagnosis with now that you're speaking out about this, and I want to thank you very much for speaking out about this, but just the problem of you sharing your diagnosis with a female who's in charge of you, who it's none of her damn business, causes a lot of problems. Agreed. It causes a lot of problems on so many levels, but the most important one being the personal level. She is asking for information that nobody should have other than my wife and me at best. And here she is literally wanting to speak directly through the doctor via me as the liaison regarding, hey, where are you going? Why are you going? And I need, again, this is all supported by documents that I have given to everybody. She, at many occasions, told me to return with a doctor's note, confirming I was there with the date, name, and legible name of the doctor. It it got to that level of extremes. And again, on a personal level, it, it was bad. On a professional level, it was even worse because that caused so much internal chaos within the shop. It wasn't just me who was seeing the attacks 
other people in the shop were coming up to me. Hey, man, we're on your side. We're on your side, Flo. What she's doing is this dirty. I'm like, like, it was frustrating to say the least. I, it, it's frustrating. And my wife, unfortunately, had to hear all about it every single time I came back from work. And with her being retired military, I'm sorry, it was uh, medically retired. My wife being medically retired, she knew all about HIPAA, the medical services, the medical treatment or lack thereof. Give us a, if you don't mind sharing your diagnosis and going down that road. Yeah, I completely got off topic. I'm no, that's sorry okay. about that. It's okay. Yeah. It's um, a very emotional yeah, so topic. I was dying extremely emotional topic. So yeah, I got beer off from time to time. Please brew me back in, both of you. So I was diagnosed with testicular cancer once I finally finagled my way into going to an on-post ultrasound. Normally, it takes about three days to hear back from the diagno- uh, from the appointment, the results of the diagnosis, the results of the appointment. I was called within 15 minutes, leaving the office by the urology department, a completely different department in that hospital. Within 15 minutes of leaving, the ultrasound was telling me, hey, we normally don't call until after three days from the appointment, but because of what we see and what we know, you have cancer. We need you to come in immediately for surgery. And that I got that phone call on a Monday. No, Tuesday. I'm sorry, Tuesday. And on Friday, I was in the operating table to remove my left test because it had the cancer. We discovered after the results of the tests, the removed testicles returned that the cancer had consumed 97% of the left testicle and confirmed signs of spread. Wow. And so while you're dealing with a diagnosis that no one should have to deal with, that it's, I can't even begin to fathom what that's like to go through that diagnosis. You've got your, your leaders breathing down your throat, asking questions that one, they're not legally allowed to ask. And two, it's just, it's not polite. It's not kind. It's not from a heart of caring. It's, I got to know because I got to know. No, you don't need to know. Did I get any of that wrong? Believe it or not, best. Please, go ahead. No, you're absolutely correct. It had gotten to the point where Master Sergeant Newman said that the return to work slips were no longer satisfactory. She wanted that not to... I'm sorry. She didn't want it to originate from an email from my husband. She wanted it directly from the doctor's office. She wanted to correspond with the actual doctor's office on where my husband was, when his appointments were, and if he was actually there. To clarify that, she didn't want me to forward the email I received from my doctor to her. She wanted the email to be sent directly from the office. After I have given her my redacted information, name, date, time, and location, after I have added her on the Microsoft Outlook calendar so she doesn't have to finagle through the endless amounts of counseling she's given me, it pops up on her Microsoft Outlook account. So she has to do nothing. After I've spoken with the company first sergeant, company commander, brigade EO rep, submitting a formal complaint, she was still demanding as if she was like, I know what you're doing, but it's not going to work. And it didn't work. This is just shocking. Sorry, I'm just, that someone would do this and that, how would she ever expect a doctor to communicate to her? She's not a loved one. She's not, she's not the wife. She's not the, the mother. She's not a child. There is no relation. As a doctor, I would never communicate with the first sergeant. Exactly. It's none of her business. Every step of the way, every step of the way, and every counseling session that I was in, I told her, you cannot do this. The remarks in my response portion were, you cannot do this explaining to her what she was asking for is wrong every step of the way. And it only fell on deaf ears, which is why it is now at the level where it is. Like nobody listened. Okay. Now you have no choice but to listen, except now it's just not going to look as good as I was trying to prevent it from looking like. 
by keeping it at the lowest level. Like we were trained as soldiers, lowest level. We did that and it failed. How can anybody as a leader preach something and then not utilize it whenever a soldier you have been teaching to reach out to reaches out? It's contradictory. It's counterproductive. It's it's illegal. And it's reprehensible. It's and, and here we are. And she recommended me for Article 15. She, she didn't threaten. She recommended for Article 15 after a certain point. Wow. And I went to the com- I went to the company commander. Hey, sir, stop. And at this point, like I was essentially an everyday visitor in his office because of an everyday counseling from Mr. Sergeant Newton. So that specific day, with the threatening of the counseling, he was just like, "All right, I'm done. You're moving. You're moving to company. You're working directly for first sergeant and me." And so let me explain a little something for the listener and the viewer who may not have too much military experience. Is and I want to make this very clear. I'm not insinuating at all that you're a dirtbag. But what happens is when someone gets targeted and they get counseled after counseling for stupid, menial things, pretty soon, see, they have these big meetings where the company commander and all their staff are in a room and they're like, oh, uh, oh, Sigloff's up there again. Sigloff's up there again. This is four times this month. Why is Sigloff? He, he must be a dirtbag. Yes. Sigloff is a dirtbag. And so yes. when you go into the company commander's office, after all these other things have happened behind closed doors, he already thinks, oh, Flores, he's a dirtbag. Mm-hmm. And so he yeah. brought Flores and- underneath him to keep a close eye on him because he knows Flores, Flores must be a dirtbag, which is not the situation. And, and the reason why I am in complete agreement with you, because I spoke about it with my wife endlessly to the point where I was even doubting myself. I was like, maybe I am a third bag. It was that she was that committed to her cause, had me second guessing. Am, am I being an asshole here by not giving her my doctor's name? That's how committed she was to what she was doing to the point where she actually had me doubting myself. And sure enough, again, because my wife medically retired, she went through her own nightmare whenever she went in. I'm a completely different, but even better story regarding the army. She was actually the one who corrected some of my misconceptions regarding medical, medical care, X, Y, and Z. So she has played just as a crucial role in trying to get the word out there. And we're finally glad it did. And here we are. And Nasreem, tell me your side of, of all of this as it's going down, as it's happening in real time. It's really unfortunate. My husband was previously at three Corps, and he was already going to these appointments. He had already established the medical care. And just unfortunately, they moved him down to 11 SIG, and that's where it all started. There was honestly no reason for it to have begun because it's not like he got transferred over and then he just started going to appointments after appointments because he didn't want to be there. It was something that he had already been doing for an established period of time. And it was, in my opinion, an abuse of power from that master sergeant. It was an absolute abuse of her power because if the commander tells you, you are only authorized the date, the time, and what was it? The date, time, and location. And location. You're only authorized the date, time, and location. There's no reason for you to ask who the doctor is. How long are you going to be there? What is the reason for your appointment? Because if I say, hey, I'm going because my neck hurts or my back hurts, I could sit there for the 20 minutes it says on the appointment slip, or I can sit there for an hour because the doctor is behind. You can't give me a, your appointment slip says 20 minutes, and you didn't return. And that was one of the cases that she made. Sergeant first class left for an appointment at 1130 and didn't come back till 1400. So as a doctor, but so as a doctor who runs behind, because yes. I don't think I've ever seen a patient on time. And because I know that I run late, I take the time with every single patient to make sure I address almost every issue that I possibly can. And my patients leave happy, even if they're yes. leaving late. I completely understand that. It's not unreasonable to allow the patient more time to allow the soldier more time and to contrast that what things were you missing at work that was so important i'm sure it was nothing i say that very facetiously my husband didn't even have an actual slot when they moved him down to 11 signal he was not slotted 
So he was supposed to take over for uh, a soldier who was currently pregnant, I believe. Yeah, so I ended up moving from three corps, G6, where I was in charge of essentially other divisions worth of communication logistics. So I, two years there, and I, have, I I was stabilized, which means I'm secure to not PCS or move from Fort Hood and or Cavazos until 2025. So that's why I went from three core to 11. With the track record I had at three core, I got, went in there with the mentality, hey, what I have done with and for three core, I can now do at a smaller level because I spent the past two years at a echelon level. So almost immediately I start implementing improvements not changes i start implementing improvements all documented via email that i told her why i was doing what i was doing even stating this is not in a vindictive or defensive response this is in a, a senior seasoned e7 these improvements that can be implemented in an already thriving in, uh, infrastructure I never wanted to change anything. I never wanted to take over anything. It was as soon as I got there, she hated me. And it, again, it's not just me. The, my peers and coworkers who were in the same office with me, I see that, and that's it's not that's not good. But it's people saw it, and and I said, okay, I, I'm not taking this anymore. One, I've done nothing, and two, no. And here, we okay. and I got cancer along the way. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, have you, and I'm sure you've, which point, or if you have, at which point did you contact JAG to see, to get them involved? I never contacted JAG. What I did, this is the steps of chain of command by, in chronological order. I sent Master Sergeant Yuman, Master Sergeant Yuman an email, a very detailed email explaining the trends that I'm noticing. This is well before her first counseling statement with me. It was a trend via an email that I sent her stating the trends that I see her asking of me and only me, along with a bunch of other notes, what I have noticed, indirectly via email. 12 days later was the first counseling. Again, all time stamped, all documented. First counseling, direct, Master Sergeant, in the email, I said you were going to do this because of what you are targeting only me for. Two weeks ago, I sent you this email. Now you are literally proving what I wrote two weeks ago. Right. And ever since then, everything has literally been going as I have been calling it. I tried indirectly with her, directly with her, nothing. I tried first sergeants. He, all right, just let, uh, let me know whenever she counsels you. Let me know whenever she counsels you, okay? I went open door policy via first sergeant and the commander. This is the, where it gets real thick. The company commander at the time actually sat me and Master Sergeant Human down and told me, the captain, Sergeant Flores, I am giving you a verbal order to give her name, date, time, and location. Everything I've been giving her already. A verbal order, which I agreed to and annotated in the counseling statement. That he said only X, Y, and Z. Less than 12 hours later, she counsels me for not giving her W. After the company commander gave me a direct, gave us, us, she was there too. She gave me a direct verbal order. Hey, this is what you've been giving her is what you are going to continue giving her. Roger that, so, sir. No issue so on So she mind. asked you for who, like which doctor, and... She wanted me to remove the name of the office, which is essentially had the doctor's names, like Baylor Scott and White as it up as a perfect okay. example, but a more of a personal level with the specific Dr. Office. Bill. Yeah, of whatever ear, nose, and throat clinic. You don't need to know I'm getting my nostrils enlarged. Yeah. Comedy, but that's essentially what she was trying to do, but in a little bit more of a serious mm -hmm. level, because she was preventing an active duty senior NCO from getting medical services, and being targeted and i think you just brought up a great point too so after, is you're a senior nco you've been around the block you've been in how long you've been in the army well going on 18 years this month actually right 
17, 17 years. You've been for 17 years. Now imagine yeah. a private who's yeah. going through the same issue and doesn't know their rights and is only just barely not a child anymore, doesn't know what's right, doesn't know what's wrong, gives all their private HIPAA information, they get spilled all over clinic, all over the command suite. This is the big issue is you're not just standing up for yourself, you're standing up for the younger enlisted who have no clue what right looks like because it's their leaders who are leading them wrong. Oh, yeah. It's like a – it's a double-edged sword. I'm trying to fight for one, me. Two, I'm trying to show the lower enlisted soldiers, hey, look, E7s are getting it too. Y'all are just focused on you guys, which is fine because you should be. But what I need you guys to desperately know is East seniors, because I've been getting messages from sergeant majors, lieutenant colonels. Hey, this is going on with me, too. Thank you for speaking up. Like, it's not just me. It's not just her whenever she was going through her nightmare. This is something that is only focusing on the lower enlisted, which is fine because they are the less knowledgeable per time in service, understandably. But. That's not to say it's not still going on within the senior ranks and nobody's talking about it. I just so happened to be the guy that spoke up. Coincidentally, ended up getting cancer, which put a little bit of razzle to this dazzle. I think it's unfortunate because a lot of lower enlisted don't know to go to sick call whenever they get under the weather or injured. Because a lot of the times, the senior enlisted just tell them to suck it up, go to work. You can go to the doctors later. And that's a dangerous game because now you have people who are ignoring their physical needs, their physical health, and it helps deteriorate them because now soldiers already don't go. Now they have to face the consequences of not going. And unfortunately, when they get out, it affects them on the VA side too. Yeah. So their physical body is deteriorating, which leads to their mental to deteriorate, their work performance, their family life. If it's we're saying people first, Where's the people first here? Where is, go to the doctor. I don't need to hear what it's for. Go focus on your health because you can't do nothing at work if you're not right here or if you're not right here. And it's unfortunate that an E8, among other senior leaders who already knew the situation, they did nothing. They stood by and said, I don't see a problem with it. It's accountability. I'd say they did worse than did nothing. I'd say they yeah. stirred the pot and made the situation much worse than it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they did. Absolutely. And it's, again, it's just... You know, and sorry, I was going to say that in probably the week after I put your episode out, I'm going to put out an episode about Carolina Statnik. And she was told by a registered nurse who was a captain at sick call, do you see how busy it is here? Why don't you come back tomorrow or some other time? And it turned out she was having a heart attack at in her early 20s here at Fort Huachuca, where I'm stationed. It is extremely disheartening. Never in my life that I ever imagined I would be that person who is speaking, who is speaking from a position of being failed after doing what was instilled, instructed, and coached for me to institute as well, only for it to be for nothing. I have cancer that has spread, and I tried to tell Master Sergeant Newman, do not do this. I have to ask. I remember speaking with her. This has no, go ahead. Go sorry. ahead. Keep going. Sorry, I thought you were. I remember, I'm sorry. Yeah, I remember telling Master Sergeant Newman. I remember telling Command Sergeant Major Shower. I remember telling First Sergeant. I remember telling the commander with every sit down, this has the potential to be big. All I ask for is that she gets coached. I didn't want her kicked out. I didn't even want her in trouble. I just wanted her to fix her mindset because that is, one, toxic, two, deadly. And who knows how many people she's done this to. She used to be a first sergeant before she was the master sergeant in the three shop. She used to be a first sergeant with this mentality, preventing soldiers from going to medical. She's as confident with an E7. Imagine how little adversary an E4 or below was whenever a first sergeant human said, nope, you're not going to endanger her own soldiers. And I am the one who is saying, you are not doing this anymore. I commend you. That's 
at least not while I'm in your circle. That's a hard stance to take, and I commend you for that. Now, I want to, since we're throwing people under the bus, I want to throw your primary care doc, which we don't need to mention the name, but I want to bring it to the attention of everyone that your primary care doc is a dirtbag. Because your primary care doc should have been in communication with care. your chain of command saying, hey, he has a serious diagnosis. I'm not allowed to tell you, and that's okay, and you shouldn't be asking. But he has a very serious diagnosis that affects the mission, and basically he needs to be excused to reach every appointment that he ever needs to get to. I'm sorry, I'm laughing while you were talking. I apologize. It no, wasn't no, no. in a disrespectful no, no, tone. Fine. It was because we had about to yes. great length. So, please. Uh, so, your previous primary care was major. It was. Ma yeah, it, it, was, it was a major. And then. And when he had caught wind of what was happening, when Command Sergeant Major. I'm sorry. When Master Sergeant Newman had said that she had spoken to the 11th Signal Brigade Surgeon General. Let me pause that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a time out because what she said is significantly important. She put in the counseling statement. I spoke with the 11th Signal Brigade Chief Surgeon, and he confirmed there was no let me, let me pause y'all right there for a second because the only one that the primary care and this is as speaking from a primary care doctor who is a major who was a medical director multiple times at multiple different sites the only person i am allowed to speak to is the company commander or the battalion commander or the regimental commander only commanders in rare instances am i allowed to speak to the first sergeant if there is and if the paperwork is too difficult to do so i won't do it i'll just talk to the commander when the commander is available and even then, I'm not allowed to spread HIPAA. I'm only allowed to say, this is a serious diagnosis that will affect your mission. Basically, he needs to be pulled out of any mission, essential anything, because he needs to take care of himself first. Sorry, I'm getting heated over here. Yes, that is what I'm no, as... No, as, as you should be. His original PCM did say the same thing, essentially. He said, did the 11th Signal Brigade surgeon tell her she was wrong? And when we said no, he did not, he was equally as appalled. But unfortunately, it wasn't the rank that he could have pulled because of the position in which the uh, the 11 signal and, brigades are going to help. Unfortunately, that's, so, that's a misunderstanding again, you know, on that doctor's part because what he can do is he can go put a HIPAA complaint against that other doctor. He can put a complaint against his license because rank right. doesn't really matter so much in the doctoring world. A doctor is a doctor. Oh, yeah. With... with with that being said, I guess now that we're mentioning names, and I don't even know if you're, you know, the major that she's talking about, if he hears this, the major from Houston, hey, thank you so much. Thank you for everything, not everything that you did, but everything that you are. Thank you for being the breath of fresh air. While I was literally figuratively and, drowning. And the problem is a lot where, of doctors they 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 think they're in a caste hierarchy and they think that they can't say something and so what i just said was not a dish against him or dis against him it's he he needs Agreed. to understand that so an example that i i like to give when i was a resident so i was a third year resident like i am the last man on the totem pole when it comes to doctors and i was a captain i was a third year <laughs> resident so at least i was in the last year of residency but there was a lieutenant colonel who wanted to have a patient who had a serious diagnosis that could have seizures at any moment this is at fort benning wanted him to walk up to the icu and be admitted directly and i said no sir I will not allow that because what's going to happen is he'll walk up to the floor. No one will know his name, his allergies, anything about him. He'll start seizing and the nurses won't know what to do because who told this guy to come here? He needs to yeah. do the appropriate thing going through the ER, just like every other patient that comes in here that's seriously ill. You can't go from walking on the street to sitting in an ICU bed. You need to go through the ER to do it appropriately. And that's when I started building that spine is me yeah. as a lowly third year resident and a captain talking to a lieutenant colonel and said, no, sir. I will not allow you to do that. I will call the patient and tell them to go to the ER if you're not willing to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that, believe it or not, is a dying art form. And this isn't a stab or a jab or a low blow. It's not a bad. This is observational facts. It is something that is now considered going above and beyond what was once considered the bare minimum as a leader. And now... These are the types of 
toxic leaders that we have in a place where allegedly they put people first and they changed the name. No, they just put a new paint job on it. It's already starting to crack. And I was literally trying to repaint it on my own while not even knowing all while still dealing with bringing my work home and bless her heart she has been through unfortunately all of it with me without any of the recognition or any of the hey he's being treated no she has been here for no ounce of payback other than she knows this is just as wrong and she is with me and unfortunately, you've been failed at multiple levels, like your first sergeant, your master sergeant. she, The one who's doing this should have not done this. The company commander should have stopped it. Your next level commander should have stopped it yeah. to where it should go up to post commander quickly and should have stopped it. At every level, it should have stopped. You are 100% correct, uh, but it didn't, which is why I just kept on taking it to the next level, which unfortunately was the public level never wanted to take it there ever but i will i did and then almost immediately there was an investigation which i never even wanted an investigation i never i just wanted her mindset to be fixed i never wanted her to be removed from the shop which she is Never wanted her to be flagged, which she is, because she's under investigation. I never wanted any of this. I just wanted to go to a medical appointment, which to me was something so insignificant of an issue that now has transformed into what is turning into a movement with how many sergeant majors, colonels, E5s. Hey, thanks for speaking up. This is happening to me, too. What should I do? Where do I go? I would say it's, it's a blessing and a curse is what it is. It's a blessing because people are finally, hey, I didn't know they couldn't do this, but I've been giving it to them. And this isn't an attempt to try and disrupt the force, disrupt what they are trying to do. This is an attempt to try and write something people didn't even know was wrong. Unfortunately, our leadership has gotten so good at breaking laws that they don't even know they're doing it. And, and I'm going to tie this into what started this podcast is the COVID-19 shot. It's illegal and unlawful under t 10 U.S.C. 1107 Alpha to tell any service member to participate in anything that's under EUA, emergency use authorization, which means masks, testing, and the shot itself. And I've been trying to help protect soldiers since the start of this. And I... You answer this, don't answer this if you don't want to. I don't want to pressure you at all. But I will say is there is an association as part of the DMED data that I and other whistleblowers came out with saying that there was an increased rise in testicular cancer following the shot. And then they dropped. Yeah, That's they, they she, took the sorry. entire database down when Senator Ron Johnson wrote a letter to Secretary Austin and said, protect all this information. Don't change anything. About a week after that, all of the data, the entire database was taken down. Everything was put back up and every single number had been changed. And then about a week after that, we went into this Ukrainian war. Distraction? Perhaps. And then a short time later, one of my colleagues, Lieutenant Colonel and Dr. Teresa Long, went on the stand to testify. And the DOD gave her a piece of paper. Didn't look official. Just looked like a piece of paper with the new cancer rates on it and it had testicular cancer at a three percent increase if something is causing a three yep. percent that seems low it's not a three percent increase in a mostly male force that should make the entire u.s government go let's take a knee let's figure this out what's causing testicular cancer in our war fighting men it didn't they didn't care yeah absolutely Absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen more of what I'm about to tell you. I saw because of your position as a doctor that I have friends, peers, co-workers that have gotten removed from the military because they refused to take a shot. And now they're actually trying to fight to come back in since they if I, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not up to date with any of this. Now they're trying to fight to come back in because they were really wrongfully uh, separate. No, you're, Again, you're absolutely sure right. More to it, but 
some are value. Some are You're value absolutely right. They were wrongfully it. removed. And I have uh, heard from actually two different people that didn't know each other that service members were removed from Fort Huachuca as a, quote, failure to train. And the reason they were called a failure to train is because they were not allowed into the schoolhouse here because they didn't have the shot. So that's not a failure to train. That's kicking people out for refusing to get the shot, which it's illegal to tell them to get the shot under 10 U.S.C. 1107 Alpha. And now that Congress has rescinded yeah, this yeah. alleged mandate, which was illegal from the start, because Congress has rescinded it, that word rescind means to restore as if it never happened. And so there's many service members who were thrown out. They're trying to get back in to get their, their pay, to get their promotions that they are owed. Yes. Because you're supposed to restore the party as if it never happened. And again, without going too deep down that rabbit hole, because I can't even imagine how many theories regarding what's going on there are out there. And I don't have an answer for that will satisfy anybody in any portion of perspective. People who want it, a beautiful, feel it, go get it, get protected. People who are mandated to go get it, hey, it is a moral dilemma but a professional mandate that is whenever that's where your crossroad is what do you value more neither answer is wrong right some people join the military for money some people join for country pride whatever people now are they were forced to they were forced to confront and pick their moral values over their professional progression and there is no right or wrong answer. It's whatever the soldier values the most. And unfortunately, the Army made them pick, which, again, without going too deep into that rabbit hole, that is a very unfortunate situation, especially for soldiers who raise their right hand, knowing they have no control over their body or their future. And I want to make it clear that I'm not faulting any service member for taking this because they were put in a terrible position where their leadership never should have asked them to take it, where it was illegal from the start, where it was harmful from the start, where it never should have been offered, where you should have been able to trust your doctor, your commander, your chaplain. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. And that's now we're coming back to square one, the trust in your leadership. We just literally went full circle here, doctor. <laughs> I promise you we did. Now we're going back to the trust in your leadership. Okay. I don't trust Master Sergeant Newman because she is preventing me from getting medical help. And this wasn't even, keep in mind, this is before the cancer was even discovered. This is just me, hey, neck, back, old people injuries, right? She was preventing me from seeing those services. Now, just imagine if I was already sick how she viewed me already now let's add a little bit of cancer to it yeah the treatment was already toxic now if i was already in there with the cancer discovered it would have probably been worse no you can't go no you can't go show me where you're going and all the while this isn't even considering the mental health of it all i got we haven't even discussed, Doctor, again, I know I feel like I'm rambling. Please feel free to stop me. But we haven't even discussed the mental health portion of it all. Cancer, mortality, death, funeral, speaking to your children, seven of them. We have seven children. Wow. You look so young. Ranging from 19. Ranging. Thank you. I appreciate that. But no, it's a hell of a story, I promise you. But they range from 19 to 6. Wow. So speaking about death. In so many different age levels, because you can't talk to them like I'm talking to you about death. And so it was difficult. Do you want to share some of that? Only to just drive. And I don't want to pressure you. Yeah, to... absolutely. No, no, I have no cats out of the bag now, doctor. And I don't mean that in a, oh, man, now they know too much. No, like now, okay, you tried to prevent me from seeing this. Now, let's let everybody in on this. I have cancer. I have seven kids. I am an E7 who is about to go un undergo chemotherapy within this month. The kids were just as beautiful as I expected them to be. That's not to say there were some dark moments. That's not to say there were any tears. That's not to say there weren't any tough questions or even tougher answers. But it was a family meeting. It was tough. It was tough, but 
it was approached at the appropriate age level at every level. Thank you. To give you a bit of an insight, now, I can go a little bit deeper in terms of what exactly was discussed, but I think that's going a little bit too deep into yeah, the weeds. Yeah, no. I don't have a problem. But, no, 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 don't, don't share anything that's you know, private. It's, it's, Just... Yeah, it, it, it was somber. It was, the, the, the cancer itself, the cancer diagnosis was somber. And it just put a little bit of Master Sergeant Human preventing me from getting seen, which potentially could have discovered the testicle with less than 97% cancer, potentially not spreading. The what ifs is what kills a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. One thing that I discovered a while back at this duty station that I'm at now at Fort Huachuca is, so our, our leadership was mostly female. The company commander was female. The hospital commander was female. And if a service member wanted to go, let's say, get a vasectomy, so that, that is a permanent contraceptive for males, and let's say he wanted to go do that, he would have to go, and this was hospital policy until I discovered it and said, how much legal problems do you want to get in? You want to fix this before it becomes a huge legal problem. Is the service member would have to go ask permission from the company commander, not for a procedure, not for a medical appointment, to go get a vasectomy. It was on the paperwork. I'm getting a vasectomy. I would like to have permission to do this. Yeah. That was yeah. changed in about two days when they ran that up the, the legal poll and they said, yo, yep, thank you, Sigloff. Thank you for telling us that this is a huge problem. It's extremely, no, it's extremely upsetting because I think you asked the question in the beginning of, of, of this conversation was what if the roles were reversed? Now, let's just say my wife is an E7. She's coming home from work angry, frustrated. Hey, this, this E8, honey, he's asking I have women appointments to go to, and he is asking to, to see where I'm going to. Well, let's just assume we have plans for something or something is going on within the family that we are trying to medically address. Now we have this original concern. Now we have a concern where a superior is asking my wife about, hey, what womanly doctor's offices are you going to and why are you going? Now, again. Same situation, just the sexes are on the different side of the table. Would anybody bat an eye? I don't know. I can only assume, which is why I was not unfortunately surprised whenever all of my cries fell on deaf ears. I had to make people listen. But if the tables were reversed, it would not have made the light of day. Yeah. It's, it's disheartening is what it is at the end of the day, just to, to pretty much to summarize everything that's going on. We're still dealing with the cancer. The kids are doing beautiful. School's about to start for them. I'm currently on leave and will be taking convalescent leave because of the chemo. And here we are just taking it day by day, man. Good. Nasreem, can you, as much as you want to share and don't share anything more than you don't want to, but if you're able to, wanting to, walk us through when he was diagnosed and then some of the family side of please don't share any more than you don't want to but as much as you can give some insight to that for people who aren't in the military and don't have an understanding of what it's like to have a superior breathing down your neck as has been happening like i said previously he had already been going to all these doctor's appointments so we knew that something was going on just because of the symptoms that he was feeling. But it was incredibly frustrating to know that he was actually seeking the help after getting nudged by me. So it was me telling him, go to the doctor, go to the doctor. There's something here for another, not only another woman, but another NCO to say, you're not going. <laughs> it was like a slap in the face, um, especially when you're trying to make sure that he's okay. And it, especially if you don't have a mission and you don't have an assignment, you're just a body in the shop, what is the problem? If you're going to a medical appointment, what is the problem? The fact that you can't have eyes on them? So it was incredibly frustrating that we knew things that needed to get done, but it was slow as molasses. And if it was done a lot quicker, most of the health issues that my husband is probably experiencing would have been nipped in the bud. We would have been able to address the issues that actually needed addressing instead of trying to cure the symptoms of what went on unaddressed. Because now, because it has spread, it's a whole other issue. Yes, he had the surgery, it was removed, but now it's spread. 
it's no longer just we solve the problem. And that is, it's very difficult because now I'm not only at home taking care of seven of the kids, now I have to take my husband to appointment because of what's going on with him. He no longer drives. So I've been driving him to the appointments and we live about 40 minutes from base, which pulls me away from our family, our kids. So it's, it's unfortunate that it had to get to this level in order for it to be addressed and fixed. Hmm. Are spiritual things important to y'all? I'm sorry? Are spiritual things important Are to y'all? Are spiritual things? Uh, you know, that, that, uh, maybe a month ago, I'd, I'd be like, no. <laughs> but with everything that's been going on with me, and of course, every, my answer right now is a new yes. Yeah, my my spirituality is extremely important to me, but I got to it's times like this that really make you frustrated and second guess even your own self, your own beliefs, your own foundation because you start to think am I wrong? And have I been looking at this wrong? Have I been leaning on again my own understanding and not seeing it for how it is, but it has you second guessing yourself and that's not a comfortable feeling. Mm. And this could have all been prevented. None of this had to happen. This was going to happen. The cancer, that was going to happen. But the Army, the Master Sergeant Human, I'm not even going to say the Army, because a lot of people have been asking me, hey, are you mad? Are you mad? Are you mad? I'm not mad anymore. I was once enraged. I was once filled with hate. I was once filled with such rage over everything with, of course, the cancer being the final igniter. With time and support and the fact that they're telling us that the chemo will take, hopefully, care of a majority of it, you start to heal and you don't hate anymore because you realize the mortality of it all. You're not nearly here for a long time. Why waste your energy on something that's already happened? I'm not mad. I just want her to change. Want her to not risk any other soldiers who are already losing it. Well, I, th- I think the what I can see, and and I don't know if if you've seen this yet, but what I can see the good that's coming out of this is if you would have had cancer, and let's say you didn't have all these problems, perhaps you could have been diagnosed earlier, perhaps not. But I think you being the leader that you are, you being the backbone of the army, because that's what we call NCOs, the backbone of the army. You're standing up and changing lives of people you've never met. And I think you have been designed for a time such as this. That's good. That's really good. I like that. And so no matter what the outcome of, of, of this cancer diagnosis is, the lasting impact that you will make, not only in your family, but across the entire army, is having people look at themselves in the army and say, am I... Am I doing this? Am I doing the wrong thing in this situation? Or am I experiencing the wrong thing? Can I stand up with as much courage as Sergeant First Class Flores is? That's what this is. Yeah, it's it's showing who you are as a man and who you are as a woman, who you are as a family, and how you're so much yeah. bigger than the situation. Absolutely. <laughs> that was good, right? Uh, that was that's a fresh perspective honestly that's i think we've been spending so much time fighting that we just forgot to just <sighs> hey man we're on the same team dude let's work together on this instead of individually and uh, thank you for that honestly we needed to hear it. and it's, it's hard to see that when you're in the middle of it i've <laughs> in my own fight not nearly as yeah. as somber and as scary as, as yeah, what you're going uh, through uh, the fog of war is insane, man. Like, you don't know. You don't know when you're straight leg right up or down. You, all you know is that you're moving. You think forward. Yeah, thank you. But you've already mentioned that you've been, many people have reached out to you and contacted you and said, hey, I'm going through the same thing. What? What's the next step? You were made for a time such as this. Yeah. And, and your wife to give you the support yeah. that you need and, to push and, through this. Yeah, I think that's, I think that is what is the, the spiritual underlying out of all of this, you know, you could not have worded it better is 
right? She went through her hell exiting the army because of her toxic leadership, which in doing that, she is just assisting me through my hell, which in doing that, I am now assisting everybody through that. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And you're not wrong. And hopefully we can just continue helping each other. Help each other. I want to thank you for for your stance, for your courage that you're showing your wife, you're showing your family, and your family coming up and holding your arms up in, in the biblical sense of that when I think it was the Israelites were at war. And I'm forgetting at the moment, I can't remember if it was Moses or if it was Joshua, but every time they raised their arms up, they'd win the fight. Every time they lowered their arms, they start losing the fight. And so men came up beside him and held his arms up for him when he couldn't do it anymore. And I want to be that for you as your wife has been. I want to help encourage you and to keep this fight no matter what happens in the future, to show this bravery to your children that if you're blessed with a normal, long lifetime, that they'll say, wow, dad was really great here. Or if God forbid the lifetime isn't what we would expect, that you leave them with the courage that look how strong yeah. your father was. Yeah, that's good. You got a talent for this. Because <laughs> normally I'm the one that's doing the motivating. I just want to, like, I, I feel, I really feel like I want to run five miles as soon as I hang up with you because of what you just, how you just hype me up. I'm never on the receiving end is what I'm trying to say. And holy hell, it feels amazing. <laughs> thank you for that. Well, thank you for your stand. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? Thank you so much. <sighs> yeah. To anybody who may listen, may agree, or may disagree with what I, we are trying to change, it's okay. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to agree. It's okay to not care. It is not okay to walk past somebody who needs If they come to you with their problem, congratulations. As a leader, it is now your problem. Help each other and pay it forward. That's the message I have. Wow. Yeah, because it's hard to be a leader. Like, it's hard to become a leader. But it's hard when you are a leader because people, if you do your leadership correctly, they come to you because they trust you. They come to you because they know you've been through this yes, problem. Absolutely. They know you can help them. They know that you're going to care. And that's what's the great and terrible thing about being a leader. Exactly. And I want to thank you for being such, such the leader you are. Absolutely. Thank you so much once again for having us and allowing us an opportunity to continue spreading the word, honestly. And we're, we're trying and we're not going to stop. This isn't until the phase runs out. No, this is until I no longer have breath. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Just a reminder for everyone out there, duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear.